The following is a Race Day Las Vegas presentation in association with Sirocco Productions Limited on the Race Day Las Vegas Radio Network. From the gaming capital of the world, time for Race Day Las Vegas, covering the sport of kings with a Las Vegas perspective. Now to the race desk with your host, Ralph Sirocco. From the backstretch to the turf club, at the race books and on the internet, to all horse players around the world, a good morning. Alrighty, good morning everybody. Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program for this Wednesday here in Las Vegas, Nevada, as we count four more days until the Super Bowl at Allegiant Stadium right down the street. We come to you live and direct from this gaming capital and your NFL championship capital, Las Vegas, Nevada, right here at the South Point Studios at the South Point Hotel Casino Complex, right on this fabulous Las Vegas Strip. On Las Vegas Boulevard, we welcome you to the show, and we welcome you, of course, to the Race Day Show and Las Vegas as well. We uh, got to tell you, folks, it I mean, it is getting crazy here in town right now. No question about it. I mean, they're kicking out the jams for sure for the Super Bowl here in Las Vegas. want to remind everybody out there, if you don't want to mortgage your house, mortgage your kids' uh, future education, etc., you can come on down here to the South Point where they're going to have a multitude of big, huge ballroom parties here on this complex free of charge. Just come on out. You can park your car for free, too. You'll have, uh, there'll be, uh, of course, uh, big parties in the grand ballroom, the exhibit hall, the showroom, uh, and the Napa room as well. And, of course, all of the um, uh, the lounges here and certainly in our sports book here where the action is going crazy, of course. Most of the action will happen on Super Bowl Sunday coming up on Sunday. In the meantime, we're covering horse racing right here at the Race Day Show here in uh, the studios of South Point. And don't forget, you can see us and hear us by going to YouTube, go to South Point Studio, and here we are. And while you're here, if you haven't already uh, subscribed, do the subscription. Just say subscribe. It's, it's free, not a problem, and we'll just get a count on you and what's going on there. And, of course, uh, we're simulcasting in many different platforms like our websites, racedaylasvegas.com.vegas.world.global, iPhone or Android. All you got to do is get the KSHP radio station app that you're at your app store, and you can hear us on your devices, as well as uh, podcasting. Many of the different podcasting sites we're on as well. Simply put, however, wherever, whenever, welcome to the Race Day Show as we ramp it up. For this week, covering horse racing and all of the Super Bowl action right here from Las Vegas. Well, the big news for us, and certainly in racing, has been the weather. I mean, that weather that slammed into Southern California that's making havoc and uh, slide, mudslides, etc., and flooding, not only uh, in mid and northern California, but in Southern California, had its effects not only in racing with cancellations, but of course here in Las Vegas as well. The entire two days off that we had, Monday and Tuesday, it was nothing but raining, just raining constantly out there here in Las Vegas. The rain, the clouds are still hanging around, and we're supposed to get, the rain is supposed to finally move out uh, about uh, mid-afternoon uh, today here in Las Vegas, and then it's touch and go with clouds and sun and clouds and sun. But by uh, Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, they say the sun is going to be shining bright on this gaming capital. But what we get, obviously, Southern California gets the day before. So uh, we're waiting to see how it affects the racing this week in Southern California at Santa Anita. Now, on Sunday, as you know, Santa Anita canceled because of the rain and the, the heavy rain there. And so did Los Alamitos in Southern California at Orange County. They also canceled on Sunday. Now, uh, Los Alamitos that had not planned on running 
this coming weekend, Saturday or Sunday, uh, they're going to have a special card that they were supposed to run this past Sunday when they canceled on this coming Saturday. As far as Santa Anita, we're still waiting to see. Now, they don't kick in until Friday, so we'll wait and see there. But the training has been closed down in Southern California on the tracks there for days. We'll get the latest on uh, what's going on in Southern California as far as the racing from John Lendo a little bit later on. As far as looking ahead, uh, the Kentucky Derby, they uh, took the early noms for the Kentucky Derby, the nominations. I'm going to go over that with that a little bit with uh, Jonathan Hardoon a little bit later on in the show. But there are three races this week, two of them that have Kentucky Derby leaderboard points to them and one that has a Kentucky Oaks leaderboard points. Now, the Kentucky Oaks one uh, for the leaderboard uh, was the Suncoast, uh, the Suncoast Stakes that will happen on Saturday at, uh, at uh, Tampa Bay. The Kentucky Derby points uh, race will be the Sam F. Davis part of the Tampa Bay Derby Series. So on Saturday... You'll have the Sam Davis with 20 points for the Kentucky Derby leaderboard and the uh, Suncoast Stakes for the three-year-old Phillies that also has 20 points for the Kentucky Derby, uh, for the Kentucky Oaks, I should say, for the Kentucky Oaks leaderboard there. Now, this past Sunday, I hope you're following this bouncing ball, but this past Sunday, we were supposed to hold the Las Virginia Stakes out at Santa Anita. But they canceled that race. That was uh, also a race for three-year-old Phillies that held 20 points for the leaderboard for the Kentucky Oaks. So that race will also be conducted this Saturday. They have moved it to this Saturday. So this Saturday, two races for the Kentucky Oaks leaderboard and uh, one race for the uh, Kentucky Derby leaderboard. And that, of course, at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has a a great racing card on uh, Saturday. They'll have four stakes races overall. The grade three will be the uh, Sam Davis, and of course, there'll be three other stakes races on the card. As far as Santa Anita, they're going to have three grade three stakes races this uh, coming Saturday. Gulfstream, Aqueduct, Oaklawn, Turfway Park, and Golden Gate will also have a stakes race on card uh, on their cards for Saturday. Golden Gate will hold the El Camino Real Derby but that does not have any Kentucky Derby leader points uh, attached to it. But the El Camino Real Derby will also be this weekend at Golden Gate. As far as Sunday, uh, Super Bowl day, uh, you know, the, uh, a lot of the racetracks will have early post times to make sure they're completely done by the time the Super Bowl gets underway. We'll get you those post times uh, for uh, the Sunday, the special post times on Sunday tomorrow. Uh, But uh, for today, uh, we can just tell you that there's uh, two stakes races on Super Bowl Sunday, one at Gulfstream and one at Santa Anita. It's going to be one heck of a week here in Las Vegas covering horse racing and, of course, football as well. Jonathan Ardoon is with us uh, today as well. Uh, We're going to take a look at the uh, Derby noms uh, there with uh, Jonathan. He has a couple of picks for you. Rich Ang will be along with the latest on the Super Bowl prices. Super Bowl odds, and of course, uh, we're going to test them on a few prop bets of the war and peace volumes of uh, prop bets they have out there uh, for the Super Bowl. John Linda will be checking in with us uh, to keep us uh, an update on Southern California, and Jerry Jackwitz is going to give us another thought or two about handicapping and using his sheet and his special uh, uh, designated uh, horses on his sheet and how to use them as well. So we got a busy day ahead of us here on the race day show as we kick off Super Bowl week, Las Vegas style, and horse racing as well. So we'll take our first break, and uh, when we come back, we'll give you your racing menu, and we'll get uh, started with Jonathan Hardoon. So don't go away. We are here for you live in Las Vegas at the South Point Studios. When you go to YouTube and watch us, subscribe. We'll be right back. South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our race book is completely separate from the sports book and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered.
Okay, back on Race Day Las Vegas uh, for this uh, Wednesday. And uh, like I said, it's uh, 42 degrees right now outside here in Las Vegas. We're going to get up to 54. And uh, that's kind of be uh, kind of the temperature range we're going to have for the rest of the week. But at least the rain is starting to move out. And as far as the rest of the country is concerned, well, all the action is in the west side of the uh, country. That's for sure. Everything on the east side is clear right now. But they'll be getting some more of the weather that we're getting right now going through California and the west a little bit later on this week. But uh, northern California is starting with another front coming through there. And like I say, the remnants of uh, that big storm that has hit Southern California and has produced rain here for at least three days straight is uh, starting gradually to move out now. So let's get started with your racing menu for today, reminding you, as we always do, uh, the first post times we broadcast on this racing menu each and every day reflect that of the Pacific time zone. If you're here in Las Vegas, these will be the post times that roll out in our race book here at South Point. We are in the Pacific time zone, so if you're in the Pacific time zone, no problem. These will be the first post times. If you are not, adjust to the Pacific time zone to whatever time zone you're in so you don't miss anything. I don't want you to miss anything like, uh, of course, I miss mom and dad. And I uh, want to remind everybody that uh, when we last uh, spoke with our handicappers on Sunday, Jerry Jackwitz gave us a nice winner in the second race at Aqueduct. Uh, Printac, Printrack. One and paid six dollars and ninety cents. He also coupled it up with the uh, link up exacto. The dollar exacto paid fifteen forty. So I want to thank uh, Jerry for that. All right, here's the menu for today. We begin with Parks Racing. Parks Racing's first post time is nine oh five. Now listen up, folks. Parks Racing has a pick five jackpot carryover of three hundred twenty nine thousand five hundred twenty one dollars. It is a mandatory payoff today. And that pick five with that carryover and the mandatory starts in the sixth race today at Parks Racing. So kind of a nice little nugget for gamblers to start out the week at Parks Racing. Again, their first post time, 9.05, mandatory payoff in the late pick five at Parks today. After that, Gulfstream Park will kick in. Their pick six jackpot carryover is up to $94,554. $94,554 in the pick six jackpot carryover at uh, Gulfstream for the first post time of 9-10. 9-10 first post at Gulfstream. Then after that, we'll go to Tampa Bay Downs. Tampa Bay Downs has a pick six jackpot carryover, $86,704. Their first post time is 9-30, at Tampa Bay Downs. Following that, we go to Mahoning Valley Racecourse. Now, Mahoning Valley Racecourse has a pick six jackpot carryover, $6,950. Their first post time is 9.45, 9.45 at Mahoning Valley. Following that, we go to Turf Paradise in Phoenix, Arizona. Turf Paradise has a first post time of 11.40, 11.40 at uh, Turf Paradise, where they have a pick six jackpot carryover of $3,774. 11.40, first post at Turf Paradise. Turfway Park is next. Turfway Park, with uh, full fields there, their pick six jackpot carryover, $1,224. That's a Turfway Park's pick six jackpot carryover. And their first post time at Turfway Park today is at $255. And then we go to uh, Penn National. Penn National has a first post time of 3 o'clock today, 3 o'clock at Penn National. They got a super high five jackpot carryover, $2,872. First post time again, 3 o'clock. And then we'll go to Delta Downs. Delta Downs has a first post time of 3.15. 3.15 at Delta. And then we wrap it up with Charlestown. Charlestown races, where they have a pick six jackpot carryover of $27,557. First post time at uh, Charlestown is at 4 p.m. 4 p.m. And that is uh, the racing menu today. And at the moment, there are no cancellations. All right. Well, like I said, they took the early nominations for the Triple Crown. They all, uh, they, it used to be just the Derby noms, but now they, con, uh, they condensed it. And all three races are covered with the early nominations. 364 early nominations for the Triple Crown. And, of course, no Bob Baffert horses. We bring in now Jonathan Hardoon. Jonathan, good morning. I don't get it. Why aren't the Baffert horses eligible for the other races, for the Preakness and the Belmont? They should be included in those nominations for the Triple Crown. 
They didn't take nominations for the Derby. They took nominations for the whole deal. Yeah, yeah, but I understand. You understand that these are just nominations for the Triple Crown. You have to win all three races in the Triple oh, Crown. So when he gets to the, when he gets to the, the Preakness, he'll be able to enter. When he gets to the Belmont, he'll be able to enter. But uh, there's no sense in nominating for a Triple Crown where they can't achieve it. <laughs> that's unfortunately, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has to cost them at least maybe 15 nominations by not allowing the Baffert horses to nominate for yeah. sure 10. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> here, here's the deal. Uh, they have 300 and uh, la- three here. Last year, they had 369. This year, they have 364. So you got to think that at least five of the Baffert horses would have been nominated, right? Sure. Yeah. But they weren't nominated last year either. Well, I guess they were. They were with different trainers, so they took the nominations on them. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, though, uh, they say uh, as uh, 346, they say, actually, is the uh, nom. So I don't know where I got the 364, but I did get that off of, uh, I, th- I believe, the Derby one. But anyhow, in any you, case, it's you down. Read it, you read it somewhere. You read it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it, they said it's down, that's for sure. But uh, it's it's interesting that uh, who do you think has the uh, most noms in the uh, uh, the Triple Crown? Cox? Brad Cox? Todd Pletcher has wow. 54 horses nominated to the Triple Crown. Now, remember, 54 horses. That is absolutely amazing. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brad- when, were these, when, were, when were these nominations put in? Obviously, they, they could have been put in over the last year or so. I don't think they just – he doesn't have 54 horses now that are even right. thinking of going to – I'm going to stand a correction here because as I'm reading the breakdown here, I guess Bob Baffert horses were nominated for it, but they're only eligible for the Preakness and the Belmont. Okay. Right. So all these horses, they start paying dues from the day they're born, you know, so it's it's really a little misleading, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. Well, so here's the deal. Uh, Fierceness, of course, is the top nominated horse to it. He's one of Rapoli Stable's 20 nominees. He leads all the owners. And one of the 54 horses under the care of Todd Pletcher that were nominated. Now, he uh, led all conditioners was followed by Bob Baffert and Brad Cox that have 18 each. But again, remember, Baffert's horses can only participate in the Preakness and the Belmont. So you were kind of correct, and so was I in our assumptions at the beginning. Uh, and, and so uh, they each have 18, but Baffert horses won't be able to run in the Kentucky Derby uh, because of the ruling at Churchill Downs. So uh, 44 stakes winners were nominated the Triple Crown and, uh, and so on there. Uh, and uh, so we've got uh, we got some uh, horses from all over the world that are nominating Japan and all that as well. But um, it's uh, I don't know what you know if you get a horse that wins the Kentucky Derby and then he goes in the Preakness and the Belmont and gets beat by the same horse that's trained by Bob Baffert, isn't that going to be a little asterisk next to all of those uh, things that the records for sure. It's so ridiculous. And again, Ralph, who are they hurting? They're hurting. I mean, who is Churchill Downs hurting? I don't think Baffert, I'm sure he cares that he's not going to the Derby, but he's hurting the owners. He's hurting the horses. I mean, you know, when you win the, the, the Derby, your value goes up millions of dollars. I mean, it just seems so unfair. Not only that, he had a penalty. He paid the penalty. He served his time. Right. Move on. You can't keep moving the goalposts. It's just not fair. Well, in any case, uh, to be corrected again, to be sure, there were 346 horses nominated down from the 369 last year. But uh, Baffert horses were uh, nominated for that Triple Crown, exempt of, of course, the Kentucky Derby. I'm also sure that there were less foals born this year than last year. I, you know, I wonder out of how many this is. I'm sure, you know, if the foal counts are down, well, then the nominations are going to naturally be down, correct? You would think so. You can't nominate a fictitious horse, that's for sure. Uh, (laughs) Also, uh, there were 47 Japanese-based horses. Uh, Previously, uh, previous record was 37 in 2023, so they're coming and, uh, you know, they're loaded for bear. They They want to win that Kentucky Derby sooner or later, I'm sure. 
they're getting they're getting more and more horses every year. So, you know, I'm sure their chances of winning are going up and uh, sooner or later they will win. Uh, last year, they had a horse that ran very well in the Derby, if you remember, Sataguka, whatever his name was, <laughs> Sataguka Machi. <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt to try to correct you on that one. It sounds, it's, it's yeah, it sounds, uh, you know, at least it sounds I'm, like. I'm becoming the Norm Crosby of uh, horse racing. <laughs> not as much as I am, folks, that's for sure. I get I get emails on correcting uh, some of the things I say about it all the time, pronunciations. But, of course, the Triple Crown will be uh, the $5 million Kentucky Derby on May 4th. Uh, it'll be the 150th running, by the way, the Kentucky Derby. So I, I know they're planning on special stuff. 150, 150 Kentucky Derbies, and that'll be it. Uh, that'll be the one on uh, the first Saturday in May. And then uh, the other two races, uh, the uh, million and a half dollar Preakness at Pimlico on May 18th, and the $2 million Belmont Stakes that will be held at uh, Saratoga on June 8th. Now, because of the configuration of the Saratoga racetrack, the Belmont is not going to be run at a mile and one eighth. It's going to be shortened up a little bit for that. A mile and a quarter it will be run at, and it's going to be a four-day racing festival up in Saratoga. And uh, the prices are insane, Ralph. Uh, they're getting crazy numbers, and uh, hopefully it's a success. But I, they may be outpricing themselves. You know, that could be a big problem. Uh, that's, uh, that uh, is uh, common for all of the big sporting events. Look what they're paying for the Super Bowl. And, you know, you, you know, I... Uh, the big day of at Kentucky Derby, you know what kind of uh, money they're asking there. And uh, we were all talking about uh, the prices uh, on Pegasus World Cup Day. So the big events are going to start getting the big tags, that's for sure. But I always tell people that uh, you can enjoy those races on big screen TVs and have fun right here at the South Point. And uh, you don't have to pay any admission and certainly you don't have to pay your park your car either. And, that's huge. And that's what we're going to do here at the South Point, by the way. There's going to be big ballrooms open uh, for the Kentucky Derby as well, of course, for the uh, Super Bowl coming up this weekend. Uh, any thoughts about anything in racing that uh, piques your interest? No, everything no, is okay. status quo. Well, well, I'll tell you what's going to be a problem. Santa Anita, the weather is going to not – it didn't affect last week as, as much as it's going to affect next week because all these horses aren't training. They're sitting in the barn. How are you going to enter a horse that, can't, that, that, that hasn't been training and expect them to run? So, you know, they're going to have a problem with field size, and, and that's a big concern. I know that, and it gets uh, it gets more concerning day by day because the 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 training in, on the racetrack now it's 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 closed. I mean, don't, I I understand that uh, one of the days they didn't even have joggers out there; it was just totally closed. And you got uh, horses, you know, our athletes; they need to work out every day, and to be stuck in a stall for twenty three of twenty four hours, anyhow. And to have all these horses do nothing but walk under the shed row, which is usually what happens when it's raining out and the track right. is closed. They'll walk them under the shed row. And, uh, and they get pent-up energy. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of horses have been injured by getting, you know, very pent-up in their stalls themselves. I mean, you know, uh, with kicking the side of the, the, uh, the stall. Well, that's just going to happen, actually. they they got to get out. They yeah. can't keep them in. But they have no choice. What are they supposed to do? The weather is that bad. I mean, you know, I mean, they're talking major rain and major floods there. You see houses rolling down the street. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's not a good place to be. No. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's bad for the horses. It, it really can't be good. But here's the real kicker. Now, they had taken the um, the notion, they have ta made the decision that the inner track, the third inner track, the, of course, the one directly inside is the turf course, the one inside of that was the training track. And they were supposed to have the taffeta, the, you know, uh, the uh, artifi artificial cool. surface in there so they could train in days like this. But, but this they, isn't normal rain, Ralph. This is this is not a normal situation. I mean, you know, they won't seal the track anymore at Santa Anita. And if they do, then they need to vote. Four different people or four different entities have to approve them to run. It's crazy. But this this rain isn't isn't at normal rain. You get this rain once every twenty years. You know, so they're really up against it. Yeah, not to mention the fact that uh, even if they, uh, even it was okay to train there at Santa Anita, let's say it was a little pocket over Santa Anita that the rain wasn't as bad as the slide areas were, 
uh, the track wasn't ready anyhow. They had they you know they were delayed in putting it putting it down, so it wasn't ready anyhow. So we'll wait and see. But yeah, that's going to have a ripple effect because these horses need to be fit enough to race. Otherwise, they can get hurt in a race if they're not fit enough to run in the race as well. So we've got, exactly we've got a little bit going on yeah. there, that's for sure. But Mother Nature has a little bit to do with at least this part of it. A lot to do with this yeah. part, correct. Yeah. All right, so what are you going to do for us today? We got uh, You got two sheets. You got one at Gulfstream, one at uh, Tampa? Yeah, let's go to Gulfstream first and look at race number three. This is a mile and a 16th on Tapita. I think they have four or five Tapita races today, so that's not very exciting. But I do like a horse. I like the number two horse, Ike Scamble, a three-year-old gelding who was claimed last time out by Guadalupe Presido. I like the rider switch to Tyler Gaffleone. I like the fact that he's getting Lasix for the first time. Number two, Ike Scamble, 7-2 on the morning line, wins today's third race out at Gulfstream Park. All right, uh, that's Gulfstream Park, and now we'll go to uh, Tampa Bay, I would imagine. Yes, yes, race number five, a mile on the turf, and they are on the grass. The weather is beautiful today at Tampa, and I like the number five horse in here, High Vibes. Uh, this is a five-year-old mare from the Victor Carrasco barn. Angel Arroyo aboard to ride. She's listed at four to one on the morning line. She ran a big race two starts back. She bounced last time out. She now makes a first start of the year. Number five, high vibes, four to one on the morning line, wins today's fifth race out of Tampa Bay Downs. All right, fifth race at Tampa Bay, by the way. The early scratches are number four and 12. The four and 12 out of that fifth race. You like the five high vibes. The five in the fifth race, easy to remember. And, of course, back at uh, Gulfstream in the third race, you like the two. And those are your uh, picks for today, both in Florida, where the racing should be just fine there. And, uh, by the way, you have full sheets for both of those tracks as well, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, um, give us a, a little bit. Uh, you gave us a little bit of news about uh, CyberKnife. Well, uh, Nysos's dam is actually in fall. She sold yesterday for $2 million, and she's in fall to CyberKnife. So All right. we have a little connection to CyberKnife, so that's a little exciting. Yeah, sure is, huh? That's for sure. Well, Jonathan, we'll let you go. And uh, how, by the way, how's the weather there? Are you still shoveling snow or anything? Beautiful. Like yeah. It only rains on race days here or the race before, or the day before <laughs> racing. It's beautiful. The racing gods, I don't know. The, the, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, beautiful. But uh, the rain's starting to, it's supposed to come for the weekend. So hopefully right. it stays away. Well, at least you can keep the snow shovel away for a while. That's right. for sure. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Ralph. Stay safe and be well. You got it, my man. Same to you. All right. Now, uh, when we come back off of this uh, short break, we'll go to Rich Ang standing by. He's uh, got the pencils sharpened and he's ready to go with the fine tuning on his thoughts about not only the Super Bowl and the uh, what I call the vanilla bets, the, you know, sides and totals, but uh, some prop bets as well. So don't go away. We'll be right back on your race day show coming to you. From Las Vegas, home of the Super Bowl. We'll be right back. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is committed to helping our nation's heroes and their families in their darkest hours. When a first responder or veteran doesn't return home and leaves behind a young family, Tunnel to Towers supports them. The foundation pays off their mortgages and lifts their financial burdens through their Gold Star Family Home Program and Fallen First Responder Home Program. Through their Smart Home Program, catastrophically injured veterans and first responders regain their independence with a mortgage-free home, especially a Adapted to meet their unique physical needs. Tunnel to Towers also provides housing assistance and services to our nation's homeless veterans through their Homeless Veteran Program. They are helping more than 2,000 in 2023 because no veteran should be living on the streets of the country they signed up to protect. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices made by our nation's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our race book is completely separate from the sports book and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. 
Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Back on Race Day Las Vegas, want to remind everybody, big game parties are here at the South Point in this big, beautiful complex here at the South Point. The Grand Ballroom, the Exhibit Hall, and all the other showrooms and uh, bars and uh, certainly the sports book and even the race book after the races are over all be set and ready to go for viewing on big screen TVs here at the South Point. Come on in and enjoy the viewing party. We will certainly have... uh, Drinks uh, specials and uh, uh, food specials, that's for sure. Betting windows and self-betting kiosks available as well. So you can wager on the games and all that. And uh, outside of the wagering and the special food prices, everything else is going to be free. You can just come on and join, get your seat, and come on in. Uh, now, the uh, it's free admission, but you must be 21, and the doors open at 1030 on uh, Sunday morning. So you can uh, enjoy the big game and all the fun and, you know, have a big game party here. Bring uh, bring your friends out and uh, get into one of the ballrooms and get down and seated down, and you'll have a you'll have a great time. That's for sure. All right, now let's go to Rich Ang standing by. Rich Ang, good morning. Hey, good morning, Ralphie. Uh, I really enjoyed your description of the uh, availability of the South Point for the Super Bowl because if you're going to the game, you're you're probably spending ten thousand dollars at least for a seat. Your beers are probably like twenty five bucks. You get a hot dog, it's by twelve bucks. The park's probably two hundred. So uh, free is a real good price, Ralph. <laughs> Not to mention them, uh, those those hot dogs if they're twelve or fifteen dollars are no better than the hot dogs you get here at the South Point for like a buck and a half. So it is is great, that's for sure. And our hot dog stands, they'll have extra hot dog stands out here, but it's always full and etc. All right, 49ers, Chiefs. Right here down the street at uh, Allegiant Stadium. Now, I understand that uh, the Chiefs have been uh, practicing at the Raiders facility here in in Henderson, Nevada. Uh, But the uh, 49ers have been practicing uh, at the um, UNLV uh, complex there, the uh, Fertitta complex there. And uh, they were complaining a little bit about the uh, surface of the practice field there. The Chiefs have no problem with the the, uh, the facility here for the Raiders, but the 49ers uh, said they had a little uh, problem with the uh, field, but all of the uh, executives, the big wigs uh, out at the NFL went and checked it out and said, it's fine. Yeah. They already have a name for it, Ralph. It's called field gate, kind of like Watergate or, you know, <laughs> yeah. of, but um, yeah, you know, the way you describe it is correct. The, uh, the Kansas city chiefs uh, are at the Raiders facility, which is one of the nicest facilities in the national football league indoor practice, all that kind of stuff. And the uh, the uh, 49ers are at the UNLV, which is an outdoor facility. They have uh, artificial turf there. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I did read an article, Ralph, that said that uh, before, you know, long before the teams came here, yeah. uh, both sites were inspected by the NFL Players Association and NFL officials. And both sites got thumbs up triple a ratings including the unlv site so for the 49ers to complain about it now the national football league players association their team of uh, experts all approved of the site so you know they've they've got beef with others you know other than the nfl but uh, i heard another comment too they said they should send uh, the 49ers to to bishop gorman high school because supposedly Bishop Gorman has a facility almost as nice as the Raiders for this high school, private high school. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's kind of uh, that was a fun thing I read too. But the thing about it is, and uh, you know, uh, everybody they chose the two facilities and flipped a coin for the AFC uh, champion and an NFC champion way before they knew that what two teams are going to be here too. So it was uh, certainly arbitrary, that's for sure. Hey. Give me the latest numbers on the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I was checking the numbers, and uh, almost all places still have minus two, 49ers favored, 47 and a half. There is a two and a half out there. I won't name what the place is, 
but uh, there is a two and a half out there. But uh, the, the number stayed static, and you know we're only a few days away, and there, there's a possibility the number could shift a, a little bit on uh, Saturday and or Sunday. But uh, you know if uh, if you like the Kansas City Chiefs, you're going to find that two and a half. If you like the uh, uh, the 49ers, take the two now. Yeah, I doubt if it'll ever get the three. That's a Big number to be getting to for a big game like this, but uh, it's it's staying pretty steady. But then, then again, as you and I both know, all the big money is going to come in Super Bowl uh, Sunday, uh, starting at right about a little afternoon, right till kickoff. That's for sure. Give me three props today that you like. Well, uh, let me review the two I gave on Sunday in case people did not hear it. Yeah, uh, the first one I gave out was number three, three, four, five with Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, I like him, and in fact, I bet this already, over 65 and a half yards. So uh, I did bet uh, Pacheco. I think the, the Chiefs are going to run the football an awful lot, yep. and uh, he's, he, he gets most of the carries. The other one I gave out on Sunday, which uh, I have bet, is uh, number 3270. Those are the numbers here at the South Point, folks. Yeah. Is uh, Brock Purdy under 242 and a half yards. I really think that uh, Shanahan will try to protect Purdy, not put too much pressure on him, which means less pass attempts, which in turn means less yardage. So uh, I really expect that to, to happen. Um, so those were two I gave out. Um, as far as, uh, you know, some of the uh, other, uh, you know, those you call them vanilla uh, numbers, but I know one uh, one I like, if I can find it on my sheet, was uh, will the game end with a three-point uh, margin, whether it's the Chiefs, for the 49ers winning by three points, and uh, it was five to one. Uh, unfortunately, there's so many sheets are out. I can't find the number of it right now, but uh, oh, here it is. It's uh, three zero eight three. Will either team win the game by exactly three points? It's plus five hundred. I think that's an interesting angle because I, I could see this being a field goal game right at the end. Well, yeah, not only that, but they're telling you that with the point spread that they think this thing is going to be close, and if it's a close game. Uh, a winning margin may very well be the uh, last-minute field goal. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Kansas City probably has an edge in kicker. Harrison Butker is battle-tested in the uh, previous Super Bowls, and his range is almost unlimited. So, uh, you know, the Chiefs, anytime they cross midfield, are thinking about, at minimum, they have a, a solid field goal attempt with Butker. Uh, the 49ers kicker, Moody, the rookie, uh, ha has had his ups and downs. But I tell you what uh, – you can't avoid not kicking field goals like the Detroit Lions did. When there's an opportunity to score three points, you take the chance. Not only that, folks, remember that uh, you're playing uh, Allegiant Stadium is an indoor uh, stadium. So no matter what the uh, winds are like outside, if there are any, it's not going to affect what's going on inside the building. That's for sure. All right. One more and then we'll let you go. But and then and, and don't forget now all week long, you got to come up with new props for us now. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, those are three of them, Ralph. Uh, I mean, if you want another one on the yeah. front page, oh, you like prices. I know you've bet the safety every year. Mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, seven to one. Uh, uh, you know, one that I think is an interesting one will be, will there be a successful two-point conversion? That could happen because depending on how the field goals and the touchdowns are coming about, you know, somebody might try for two points at some point during the game. That's 3051. That's plus 200. So, that, you know, I think that's one to consider. All right. And, uh, yeah, I want to, if you can, go over some of the really fun ones, uh, you know, like like that, so to speak, uh, for people. Because I know a lot of a lot of people, and I know a significant other, uh, she, you know, bets 10 different kind of propositions, like for 10 bucks a piece just to have fun in the game. And I think a lot of people uh, who will have uh, significant others and, and, and certainly uh, other people that are not really into the, the football or the uh, fans of the teams, it's a fun way to, to spend a Super Bowl uh, Sunday by playing some prop bets that uh, you can scream and yell for right in the middle of the game and people won't even know what you're screaming about. <laughs> That's for sure. And I really suggest all the listeners out there in Vegas, stop by the South Point, yep. pick up this report. It's multiple pages. There's like 500 different props. And uh, some of the ones we're going to go over during the week, Ralph, are on the back pages where you can get some really high odds if you uh, guesstimate correctly. Yeah, point spreads, et cetera, et cetera, and stuff like that. Special point spreads I know you're talking yep. about there. And uh, players to score a first touchdown, et cetera. That's for sure. A lot of good stuff happening. Richie, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
Hey, thanks, Ralph. Good luck, everybody. All right, coming up next, John Lindo's going to be with us. He's going to give us the latest on what's going on in SoCal uh, and et cetera. And then, of course, Jerry Jackowitz will be along with a little handicapping tip as well. So don't go away. We'll be right back on your Wednesday Race Day show. South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our race book is completely separate from the sports book and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. The Race Day Las Vegas Show, the only exclusive daily local media racing information source in Las Vegas. All right, of course, uh, this is Race Day Las Vegas, and uh, we give you a little tease on what's going on with the Super Bowl down the street. But if you want a whole lot more of what's going on with the numbers and all that, there are two great shows on the South Point streaming here at YouTube that you must watch certainly this week. And that is Punchlines with uh, Frank Nicotero. He's on uh, Monday through Friday, uh, and he's on from noon to one o'clock. And then Sports by the Book. You got to get this one. You got to watch this one. We got the uh, uh, the uh, bookmakers here, as as well as telling great stories about the uh, the Super Bowl and past Super Bowls and numbers and all that good stuff. That happens uh, Monday to Friday, three to four, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings. And coming up this Saturday and Sunday morning, just before the uh, Super Bowl, they'll have a show from eight thirty to ten a.m. Gotta watch them. They're great shows, that's for sure, folks. Now let's go out to uh, John Lindo standing by. Uh, John, first of all, good news is you you don't have an umbrella while you're sitting in your house. <laughs> good morning, Ralph. No, uh, but I'm starting to feel like a bat. I'd like to get outside and see some daylight. But, uh, you know, uh, right now it's not raining. We had a good storm at Carlsbad here this morning. So still some off and on rain, more chances of rain tonight. So it's not over yet. Uh, you guys were talking about the training at uh, Santa Anita uh, the track was closed for training last Thursday and Friday, open for workouts on Saturday. They had over 300 horses working, yeah. and we haven't been open since, Ralph. It was closed Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and today. Hopefully, they'll allow some joggers on the racetrack tomorrow, but that's a tough way to go into a race week. Now, John, when it gets bad like that, uh, I was uh, you know, referring to when I, uh, in another lifetime, it seems, worked on the backstretch, and we used to... Uh, when you couldn't go out to the track, uh, you, we'd walk the horses under the shed row, and I, I would imagine they're doing the same thing now. Yeah, that's about the only thing you can do. You can just walk the shed row, get them under tack, and you can walk under the uh, the covering over by the barn area. You just walk in some circles, maybe 20 minutes a horse, but it's still not the amount of exercise you want to need to to build up to a race. I got to tell you, we used to have a, a, sta- a stable of horses at the off track, and what I mean by that, when Santa Anita was running, there were certain um, there were certain uh, barns at Hollywood Park that were open for training there for the overflow. In those days, we did have an overflow. And it, uh, vice versa, it flipped over when Hollywood Park was running to be at Santa Anita. So when I, when we had a stable over at the off track, uh, when it was days raining, like, et cetera, like this, we'd go over to one of the empty barns, and we'd actually do a pretty much of a gallop, a, a strong gallop going underneath the shed row there where you walk the horses because, you know, there was nobody in the barn area. We would, and I got to tell you, making them left turns <laughs> underneath the shed row, uh, you'd scrape a lot of knees going into those turns, that's for sure. But that's how we were trying to keep these horses with a little bit of exercise going on. Yeah, you've got to. And, uh, yeah, they had the old uh, cement barns over at Hollywood Park that were very long. So you could go for a little, yeah. a nice, good, long jog under that cover over there when they had those there. But now uh, it's probably the 40-yard line at SoFi Stadium. <laughs> it certainly is, that's for sure. Uh, looking ahead to this weekend in Southern California, what's your thoughts? Well, Friday, we've already drawn the card. We've got nine races scheduled. At the very least, I, I think it's you know probably less than 50-50 that the grass races stay on the grass with all the rain that we've had mm-hmm. and more possible. If we do run to Friday, I'm, I'm going to guess right now that those races will probably come off the grass. I'm going to handicap it that way. 
the weather's supposed to be better over the weekend. We should be okay Saturday, Sunday. So let's see if we can get to Friday and, and get these horses in. And and hopefully, you know, the, the horsemen have had enough time and, and ability to get these horses to the race in a decent fashion. Now, John, uh, again, uh, you know, we – you're trying to we're trying to handicap the at least the racetrack is trying to handicap what the weather is going to be like and so last week they they determined through the folks that the, the weather people and all that that Sunday was going to be a bad day uh, to race so they canceled a couple of days earlier it turned out that the weather wasn't that bad in southern california in the arcadia area on sunday now that's one of the problems when they call it off so early they called it off either uh, thursday or friday i think it was friday they called it the races for sunday uh, it, the storm was expected to come in Sunday morning, but it didn't come in until after three o'clock Sunday afternoon. It was one of those days where if they, uh, you know, it was only an eight race card. It was possible they could have moved the post time to 11 o'clock and shortened the time between races. I think we could have got the card in. So that's one of the problems when you call it off too early. Uh, you know, this Sunday with the Super Bowl, we have an 11 a.m. post time. I think they're going to be eight races Sunday because of the Super Bowl. So you can't adjust the post times when you have to deal with the weather like that. I got to tell you, I think handicappers would rather you take a, a, a late uh, change in post times to accommodate the shifting weather than just canceling the, the races uh, themselves completely. That's for sure. Well, you know, the other thing, too, the, it was fine Sunday morning. The, the horses could have trained, but they had already called because the track was closed the day before. With the rules that are set up now, the, yeah. they, the track was already closed and there was nothing that the horsemen could do about it. Well, so much for that. Let's hope, uh, let's keep our fingers crossed for this weekend. You're scheduled for the Linda Report here at the South Point. I've got Gulfstream on tap for tomorrow. I will go back to Santa Anita Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll include that coast to coast pick five on Saturday and Sunday. And Ralph, I want to say when you guys were talking about the Super Bowl, you guys haven't mentioned that, uh, you, you know, it's, it's the biggest wagering football event of the year. And we always talk about the cost of wagers in horse racing. Well, the South Point, if you want to make a straight bet on the game, whether yeah. you like the Niners or KC or the total, they cut their, their margin in half. Instead of betting 110 to win 100, you're betting 105 to win 100. And that's huge when you're playing a large wager. That is very significant because that uh, 10% is what they consider a profit margin. And when you cut your profit margin in half, any business, uh, that's something. That's for sure. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, for sure, John. Uh, and I do want to make one small mention here. Uh, I know there were two deaths over the weekend, one that, uh, you know, affected not only horse racing, but uh, people around the country uh, with the death of uh, Toby Keith, who was, by the way, not only uh, a great entertainer and a beautiful person, uh, but he was also an owner, a breeder, etc. in horse racing. He loved horse racing, but also a gentleman who worked uh, for years in Southern California when they had the racing paper at the uh, Herald Examiner, along with uh, Professor Gordon Jones and uh, other handicappers, Jerry Antonucci uh, passed away uh, earlier yesterday, I guess. Uh, I knew him. He was a great guy, and he, he uh, will be missed. So uh, our condolences go out to his family and, of course, the family and Toby Keith, that's for sure. Yeah, Jerry was a terrific guy, and uh, he helped me get started as a fan in Southern California in the 70s and 80s. You got the Herald Examiner. You had Gordon Jones, Jerry Antonucci, a full handicapping, the best racing page I've ever seen yeah. on a daily basis. And I did a lot of seminars with Jerry at Santa Anita, just a great guy to work with. Not even a question about that. And it was a friend of mine, and uh, I was so happy that when he came to Vegas, we always had dinner together as well. So our thoughts. All right, thanks a lot. I'll send Bonnie your best. Yeah, Bonnie, uh, of course, his wife, do that for me. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, sounds good, Ralph. Good luck today. All right, time to go out to Jerry Jack, which he's going to give us a little bit more on handicapping and those special symbols on the uh, power page. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. All right, my man. Gonna, take it away. I'm going to talk about pop-out keys. Go ahead. Now, you'll notice on the power page plus, I, I make a designation PK for pop-out keys. A lot of people ask me, what is a pop-out key? I never heard the expression before. I don't understand how you're using it. It's a simple idea. It's a horse that you feel has a chance of winning. Maybe you think he's a three or four to one shot and he's eight or nine to one. Maybe he's two to one in, in your mind, but he's three to one on, or four to one on the odds board. And these are the horses that should be the basis of every horse player's betting 
it, 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 it bleeds into everything that you do and you think about. You look at a race and you, you see, oh, this horse is the favorite. He's got a really good chance to win. And you go to right away to go to bet him. It's probably the wrong move. You're supposed to find somebody else that you also think has a chance to win, who by virtue of the other horse being the favorite and taking the value to the, to, to the quote, favorite, leaves you with a pop-out key somewhere else. And sure, this means that maybe the horse that you think is the most probable winner of the race is not the one you're going to be betting anymore. Uh, when you have a pop-out key, there's enough value in it that you now can use a win-place strategy and give yourself two positions to win. Now, if you're listening to any of the other discussions we had about how to do that win-place strategy using reverse exactness, now you're going to win just as frequently, but some of your wins are going to come out of the place pool. They're not going to come out of the win pool. So maybe you'll get an a similar amount of wins and an additional couple of place finishes that really make your bankroll rock, especially since you're always taking in more money than you should because the people who are betting the favorite are taking in less money than they should. Jerry, let me... Really yeah. Oh, go ahead, finish. No, no, finish your... Uh, well, I was going to ask you, uh, is there like a uh, demarcation for an actual odds where you sit there and say, okay, when it goes below this odds, uh, then you don't employ this particular strategy? Because I know that, like the other day, there was a race where it was a short field and there was an overwhelming odds-on favorite. You picked another horse that actually beat that horse. Now, that horse only paid, I think, $6 and changed $7 against the favorite, but that, that represented a huge value in the play. Yeah, it's probably a small field. I'm not sure which yeah, one was. you're referring to. It was. But, right, and, but again, you, you make a line. You say to yourself, if a horse you think is 3-2 to two or 8-5 to five and all of a sudden you're getting 2-1 to one or 5-2, to two, that's a great play. We had a really good, uh, a good one workout with uh, Good Magic, who I thought was – I gave it out on the play, on the on the day, thinking I might get two to one, five to two on him, and he paid, uh, um, I think nine dollars, nine fifty. Yeah. So that that's a perfect example of a pop out key. It was a small field. He had one horse to beat. He beat that horse, and pay. if that's the horse you're thinking about, that's a perfect example. But the other thing about it that I want you to understand is that you're very often going to go to window. Not like in the old days where, oh, every fiber in my body makes me think this horse is going to win and he's the favorite. Right. You're going to go to the window and you're going to bet with, I like him a little bit, but he's definitely bigger rods than he should be. Right. And that's the plays that you should be making. That's where the money responds. That's where the professional better makes a living. They don't make it on the on the chalk. And thank They're you. Thank you very much, but we run out of time again, but these are always interesting conversations, and we will continue them uh, when available on Wednesdays when you don't have a sheet, that's for sure. But you do, uh, when you're on on Wednesday, when you're on on every day, you only have one more thing to say, and you're going to say it right now. Have a great race day, everybody. 